0: Yeah.
1: Welcome to the Climate Minute, your source for insight and perspective on global warming news. My name's Ted McIntyre. This show I'm recording in late September 2023, but the show itself is about the March to End Fossil Fuels, which happened on the 17th of September, 2023. It happened in New York City. Organizers said there were 75,000 people there. The point of the exercise was to communicate to world leaders who were gathering at the United Nations the following week from September 17th that climate is an important issue. I had the good fortune to catch a bus organized by our friends at 350MA. We rode from Framingham down to New York City, three and a half hours or so each way. Pleasant ride, good company. It was really fun. Of course, New York City is a great place to hang around. Lots of interesting things to see. Um, But as a podcaster, what we tried to do, what I tried to do, is to talk to some of my fellow activists as we walked along through New York City. Typically, I would ask folks why they were there. What did they expect to have happen? Things like that. So most of the show will be listening to voices from that march on September 17th, 2023. Of course, I was trying to record with my trusty little iPhone. Sometimes the audio goes up and down. Please have patience with it. Uh, Do my best to clean it up, but hang in there. There are three big chunks of what we're listening to, so there was about an hour and a half where we hung around, I think it was 55th Street, getting ready to march, uh, I talked to a bunch of people there, then we all walked from 55th down to the United Nations, and I got some sound as we walked along, talked to a couple of interesting people, and finally we, there was kind of a closing rally near the United Nations, and we'll get some sounds from that, okay? So here you go. The rest of the podcast will be me briefly introducing little clips of folks, and I hope you enjoy. So I am sitting on a curb at the corner of 55th and Broadway, and the sun is out. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, crowds are milling around this, I guess, 55th Street Process still having traffic flow through. To our right is the
2: kids right.
1: and dinos section where families are uh, up up making dinosaur costumes. Uh, and they'll all march. And the, the plea is, uh, Joe Biden, be historic, mm-hmm. not prehistoric. Mm-hmm. And so there's that going on. All kinds of street theater with lots of people dressed up as polar bears I see some trees walking uh, walking along across the street the um, march marshals are in deglo orange vests and it's just beautiful let's see, the gastro market it's got pink flowers above the it's beautiful so there you go, we'll come back in a while and see who we've uh, bumped into
0: So we just moved,
1: we're about a, I don't know, half a block back from 55th, right next to a group of people with a very loud uh, speaker behind us, uh, but I'm with Maria, right? And. You came down on the you came down on the bus with me, but you got a sign here. Can you tell me what your sign says and what it means?
2: I, I have a, I'm a dual national, so I have a sign for both my presidents, Lula and Biden, and I'm asking them to take leadership and to and fossil fuels. So they're they're both a little. She and they need to, you know, they, they need to step up, both of them and be leaders in this. Two very important countries. So
1: you have a sign on one side it's English and the other is Portuguese? Yes.
2: Excellent. So what does it say
1: in Portuguese? Lula, Who's the Lula, leader, president, right? Lula? Lula,
2: President, be a leader, free us from fossil fuels. <laughs> Same thing, Same thing
1: in English on the other side with Joe Biden's name. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you
2: being
1: here. Yeah. So, we're still haven't started yet. I'm speaking now with Matt. Matt, Matt, That's Matt. Right. How you doing, Matt? And doing what, well. You're. You, what town are you from? From Maynard, Maynard, Mass. So tell me, how did you end up here? What was your path to finding a bus? I mean, who did you? <laughs> what's your <laughs>
3: connection to oh, that? Yeah. Well, so I support 350. And I was like, yeah, you know, I bet they're running a bus. And so then I looked up online, and I waited, and I waited, and I was trying to figure out a way to come down, blah, blah, blah. I knew about the bus. And then finally I noticed there was a framing cam bus. And then I was like, all right, now I have no excuse. Uh-huh. So, uh, but
1: you, my, so a deeper question is, how did you even know there was a march happening? Are you a climate activist? Do you think yeah. about this stuff? Do you worry? Yeah. Are you just sort of a... Uh, are no, am sitting alone worrying? Do you, are you with a group? Let me put it that
3: way. I'm not really with a group. I mean, you know, but I just kind of duck in when there are these, you know, you got to show up. Uh-huh. you got to show up. But I like to spend my time with, with, you know, I like to spend time in the woods and then if it's, you know, and then show up for the protest. What do, you, what do
1: you think the impact of this march will be on Joe Biden?
3: I mean, you just got to show up and, uh, and then hope, you know. The more people who show up, the, the greater the hope. Well, thank you very much
1: for taking the time to chat, man. We we'll appreciate it. Hi, right, so we're still waiting to begin our march. It's getting hot and sunny here. I'm talking with, what's your name? Maria. Maria and? Patrick. Patrick from 350 and Mass, right? 350 Mass. Yeah. So tell me, and the MTA, and In that Massachusetts Teachers mass. Association. Ah, wow. okay, okay. You should so work too. Union. Okay. So what, what's why are you here today? What's the what are you hoping to achieve? We're hoping that the U that we're going to tell Biden that he needs to work with the UN to declare a climate emergency,
4: stop all the fossil fuel projects he's been promoting thus far, and get put that money into put more money into green stuff. Let's green the grid,
1: let's get off fossil fuels. And the UN may be helpful in doing this at this point. That's great, that's great. So tell me, is there a connection between the MTA, I mean, do you see a link of, I mean, I guess I do union organizing and the solidarity we would have here for for general progress? I think that there's a, a definite connection. In terms of uh, misplaced priorities, in terms of need to go to education and instead go towards fossil fuel. That's one thing. There's also a Climate Action Network, MTA Climate Action Network, that helps with reformulating the curriculum around environmental issues to educate our students, to basically for the future, in terms of what they're going to be dealing with. Can you send a copy to Ron DeSantis when you get done? <laughs>
0: Well, not, he doesn't read, sweetheart. Oh, okay, well, there you go.
1: Anyway, thank you both very much for chatting. really appreciate it. So we're still having to party yet, but we're standing in front of a sign that says Decolonize to Decarbonize. And question what's your name first of all? I'm Jax. I am from Ebon International. We're a southern based CSO
4: working on development, climate change, even things.
1: So what is your what's the message you sign or what, what what do you want people to get? Um decolonize to decarbonize is our banner call when we when we came into this March. Uh, basically it's it's
4: our campaign right this year because there's uh, yeah, uh, we're ramping
1: up campaigns against fossil fuels to face out fossil fuels. At the same time, we don't want the shift towards renewable energy to go down the same pattern of neocolonial extraction, profit, resource extraction from the global south, which has been a, primary, a driver of climate change. And we don't want that to happen in the shift towards
4: renewable or clean energy.
1: Let me turn this on. So your name is David Brunetti. David Brunetti. And you're from Climate Action Rhode Island. Correct. So tell
3: me what your group doing. So we do two things. So we have a political front and a uh, uh, nonviolent protest front, uh-huh. direct action. And so the, this part, this part of it, is the end cost of fuels front. Right? So we organize protests. For Chase Bank, primarily Bank of America. And so we organize all these people to come down here today for this march. We've been doing this for years. It's great. Uh, great. But also, the political faction gets and has successfully elected uh, members of the General Assembly who are in line with uh, our beliefs for fighting climate. And sure. the most important thing we did was we passed legislation called Act on Climate a couple of years ago. That's
1: great. That's great. Well, thank you very much thank for chatting. You. We haven't departed yet, but I'm standing here with a group that's got a Maryland flag, which I... I love the Maryland flag, it's such a great flag. Now speaking with what's your name? Uh Jomar. Jomar, hi. Tell me what, what what is your group what group are you with and what's uh, what are you asking for today?
2: So I'm with a nonprofit called
0: Food and Water Watch. Uh, we're dealing with all kinds of agricultural issues, renewable energy, water, water issues, just uh, all kinds of things like that. Uh, so we're all over the country right now. Right now we have our Maryland hubs, New York hubs, Jersey Hub, all, the of the all the kind, the kind of came the down. This is a part the um say, you know, we're gonna get rid of fossil fuels. Fantastic. So, been,
1: and you rode a bus up
0: today? Yes, yeah, so we rode a uh, bus up from Baltimore. it uh, was two busloads
1: of people that came up. Yeah. So, what do you think of the protest so of the march? I mean, what's your take on the atmosphere and the. I'm, I'm loving it so
4: far. You know, It's very diverse. People uh, from all around the signs, are really creative. Um,
1: definitely loving it, feeling the energy, you know? Super, yeah. cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> Came all the way here from Dartmouth. I grew up in New Bedford.
0: Dartmouth. Like my mom's from uh,
1: no oh, Well this is fantastic. So let's start here. So we're not quite started yet. We're just, I guess, north of 55th Street. And I'm speaking with what's your name? My name's Connor Walters. Like, Connor's Walters and you're Erica Burns. Erica, and you both are from UMass Dartmouth. Yes. Represent, did you come here on a bus as a group? Yes, yes we came here as a bus. We're
5: with the uh, the on-camp the uh, the campus department of sustainability. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we're here to, you know, protest for more climate action. That's
2: great. That's I'm here great. for fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you having any?
2: I think so, yeah. I got a free sign. I can put it up in my there room. There you
1: go. That's a, that, room, dorm swag is very, very important, right? Yeah. yeah. So what does your sign say? What is it calling for? My sign's calling
5: for a just transition. Just transition ahead. Well, what does that mean? Uh, it means that we need. First of all, we need to transition to a re- to uh, renewable energy, but we need to do so in a way that is just for the people. We need uh, we need to provide one. We need to provide jobs for people because transitioning out of fossil fuels is going to put a lot of fossil fuel workers out of out of work. And at the same time, we also need to correct past inequities. For example, when we um, when we switch to public transportation instead of a highway system, we need to make sure we don't repeat the mistakes of Robert Moses and break up minority communities with our infrastructure with, with rebuilding our infrastructure. Uh, we also need to make sure that we respect the rights of Indigenous people as well, and also provide for immigrants who, as as depressing as it is to say this, a lot of damage has been done, and within the next 10, 20 years, we're going to see a lot of climate refugees, and we need to make sure that there is a place for them when they come here.
1: Fantastic. Well, that is a pretty good expo- exposition. For you. Thank you very much. Thank you both for chatting. Really, congratulations for being here. Thank you. You said you had a
2: protest, actually. Say again? This is my first protest. Really? Yeah. Well,
1: good for you. So, why? So I know you're here for fun, but what do you think of it so far?
2: What? Oh. What do you think of the whole event? Well, it's my first time in New York City as well. It's all a little chaotic, but I'm excited because I feel like I'm doing, I'm finally doing something that I believe in and helping further, uh, uh, like a social goal that's better for everyone, it's something I've always protesting for. Like climate protection is something I've always wanted to do. That's
1: fantastic. And what does your sign say?
2: Just uh, like a thing about uh, UMass, us, us at UMass Dartmouth being here, we all signed our names on it. There must as be
1: fifty names here. That's
2: great. Yeah, it's a repurposed to sign too, so we're really getting our mileage out of it, out that's of that right. reduce and reuse stuff. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you
1: very much for taking the time to chat so exactly at two o'clock we're starting to march very very slowly but we're moving and so with that we were off the march was about a mile, mile and a half uh, to midtown New York or Manhattan I guess and it was all very much fun. Uh, I was able to collect essentially some atmospheric sounds. There were different groups along the side of the walk, uh, playing music, making speeches and whatnot. And there were groups that were had um, sort of street art. You know, walking puppets and all kinds of interesting things like that. So, let's listen into some of the sounds of the march itself. So, let me just say this first little bit of sound, Water is Life, was by a group of people that were marching along and they had um, fish, uh, I guess, well, it was supposed to look like fish on you know, long poles, 10 foot long poles. Uh, clear plastic, fish made out of clear plastic bottles swimming along and their various protesters were, had a, one of those big blue plastic tarps that they were waving sort of to indicate the motion of water it was all quite uh, quite artistic so that's the mental image you should have of uh, blue water tarp along the street and Little plastic bottle fish floating up in the air. I want to get my hair like the rainbow. Then we pass by the Communist Revolutionary Party on a street corner.
0: U.S. military is the biggest consumer of fossil fuels in the, on the planet. No! We need a revolution. And don't tell me Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to stop this. I saw one of these websites. The people are coming out here today to challenge Joe Biden to decide which side is he on. Well, brothers and sisters, Joe Biden and the Democrats are long time ago, because they're on the side the of this conflict material system. And it's possible fuel and conflux material.
1: So, there we were, marching down the street in New York City, and as I was going along, I found myself m- walking along beside a person dressed in a polar bear outfit, or I should say a polar bear um, was walking down the street, who happened to have a human inside of it. It turns out that the person in the polar bear outfit was a professor, Sabina von Meering from Brandeis University. And we had an interesting conversation. The sounds uh, got a little windy, sound maybe might have to strain a little bit to catch the audio, but it was interesting. So please hang in there. My 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 colleague here is marching along in a polar bear suit that says "Help a little baby polar bear," and uh, she's been kind enough to pull up her mask, her polar bear mask, to say hello. So, <laughs> what's your name, Hi. and what do
2: you really do? <laughs> I'm sabine von I'm a professor at Brandeis University.
1: I'm a professor of what? I
2: am I'm German, actually, but I also teach a course on climate change in the humanities, uh-huh. and um, I've been um, a climate activist with 350 Mass for over ten years now.
1: Okay, so we've gone from polar bears to what's the and what's the tweet that's a connecting climate to the humanities? I mean, what what do you talk about in class? That's great.
2: Well, I mean, we know what's going on with the climate. The science has been clear for a long time, but we're clearly not clear on what to do and how to do it, and that's the social science and the humanities issue.
1: Fascinating, fascinating. But, but you mean, I mean one of the more clear-cut facts about you is that you're in a polar bear outfit yes. marching through New York City. Yes. Why, why do you think the polar bear, why the polar bear um, symbolism?
2: The polar bear is like the canary in the coal mine, okay. right? It is going extinct because the ice is melting, its habitat is being destroyed. As a consequence of human action. And so, and people tend to want to kind of, they, they don't want to be confronted with those brutal facts, but they might be more willing to think about it if they see a cute polar bear with baby, cute uh-huh. polar bear baby uh-huh. asking uh-huh. for help.
1: Well, that is great. That is, is the, is the, I know the temperature is not particularly suitable for polar bears, but mm-hmm. are you hanging in? Do you need some water? Or should <laughs> okay. I, if you're, you're I good? have
2: my colleagues here with me, and all these are Brandeis oh, this students. this is the Brandeis and with the. I'm the, 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 my colleagues. We made this wonderful warming stripes banner. That's just. Because I was, she's a climate scientist, and she can tell you what inspired her to make this. So, what we're looking at is, is shows there you are. The warming, uh, yes, average warming of the Earth. The climate stripe the symbol, 1880s, which. From the 80s, from when we have temperature records. And this is the Boston Warming Stripes, so this is what Boston Average
1: Weather... And we're we're standing now on the corner of, what, 54th and 3rd Avenue, and there are probably 50 students from Brandeis holding a long banner that contains the Warming Stripes, which are color-coded temperatures starting from 1900
2: and you will, if you stay here, you will see the end, and it's all red.
1: Wow, very impressive. Because it's
2: been, on average... Way too
1: warm uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. decades now. Wow. So that that visualizes how much and how fast humanity has changed the temperature
1: on the planet Earth. I have to get a picture of this. Yeah. I have, you thank you very much. Let me let me just stop this and we'll come back. So at that point, we were standing next to the warming stripes banner created by a professor at Brandeis University, colleague of Sabina's, and I'll try and put up a picture in the blog, and there are links to what the Warming Stripes imagery is. You should take a look if you're not familiar with it. But I was able to connect with Professor Sally Warner, who is the, who made the Warming Stripes banner that the Brandeis students were carrying, and who is an oceanographer, has a very interesting story to tell about her work, which was an amazing thing to be talking about in the middle of New York City. So, here you go. We're marching along again. I'm overjoyed to be speaking with What's your name? First name. What's your full name?
4: Sally Warner. And you are a. I'm an associate professor of climate science at Brandeis University, which is in Waltham, Massachusetts.
1: Holy mackerel! Here we are. We came all the way to New York to yeah, I mean a climate scientists of the Climate March. Tell me, what, what's your take on what's happening today, and what, I guess, what do you think? This has been
4: so exciting to see this many people who are here to support climate action and the end of fossil fuels and i just get so energized by seeing yeah by seeing everyone and seeing this message that sometimes feels like i feel like sometimes i'm the only one screaming and today i am not the only
1: one screaming and i really appreciate that did you you, we just we are now coming up again on the back end of something called dear listener you may be familiar with something called the climate strikes which are uh, is now a kind of a symbol that shows color-coded temperatures yeah, so by this. year. You made this, yeah. so this is a long—must be 50 yard long. It's banner, about that, yeah. Uh, it's, being carried by Brandeis students, yeah, and it represents the. So each
4: each bar mm-hmm. is the global average temperature, and then it goes from 1880 uh, to 2021. I haven't gotten around to adding 2022 yet. Um,
1: Need a deeper color red, I think.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna run out of colors. (laughs) That is very true. Um, So the. Yeah. So the years that are blue, shades of blue, those are the years that are colder than the twentieth century average. So nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And the years that are yellow, orange, and red are the years that are warmer than the twentieth century average.
1: And, and this thing, if you look at it as a whole, again, dear listener, if you haven't seen the warming stretch, what you see is kind of this band that goes from blue to red, indicating things are heating up year by year by year. And That's what this this symbolically represents here in this march right yeah
4: exactly so it shows the warming that has been experienced in the past 141 years and we see a significant rise in temperature temperatures have risen in that time over over one degree c Uh which Uh is more more than two degrees Fahrenheit
1: or about two degrees Fahrenheit and you this is this is a nerdy question did you show it together How did you get the different colors? How did you convince so, yourself? So, you okay, the right... so
4: the process was I downloaded the data from yep. the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's website, okay, and then that gave me the temperature difference from the 20th century average for that okay. 141 year period. And then I binned it. So all the years that were like 0.5 degrees colder, all the years. So then I knew how much fabric to buy. Uh And so then I had to figure out what colors each each temperature difference would represent. And I went to a fabric store and I bought a lot of fabric. The woman almost wouldn't sell it to me because she was like, wait, do you realize how much fabric your bag? buying? I was like, yes, yes, I have a grant. <laughs> and um, so I did the majority, but I did have a sewing party with some Brandeis students who learned how to sew and helped me put it together. Yeah. And um, gotcha. so it was it was a big project, but I love... Oh, yeah. I'm a scientist first and foremost, but to be able to express my science in an artistic format has just been so fun and so rewarding.
1: So tell me, what's the... What's the uh... I mean, what is the science? What do you study? What kinds of stuff do you look
4: at? So I am a physical oceanographer, and in the simplest sense, that means I study the motion of the ocean. Okay. So um, more specifically, I look at turbulence, which is the small, quick motions um, or chaotic motions within the ocean, and we try to connect turbulence, like the quick, small motions of turbulence, to large global-scale processes like climate change and El Nino.
3: Um, I thought that was...
1: It, uh, by definition, you couldn't. Turbulence is random, and so how do you correlate well, random? So I,
3: um, for
4: many years I worked at a lab at Oregon State University, uh-huh. and um, uh, the principal investigator of that lab, his name is Jim Mohm and he invented these. They're moored turbulence sensors, so they're these instruments that get put on these moorings that extend from the bottom of the ocean to the surface. That's like mm-hmm. four kilometers length. And we put our sensors on these moorings. And they measure, essentially, they're measuring temperature in the ocean so fast that we can figure out how much the turbulence is. So it's measuring temperature at 100 hertz. So, a,
1: a hundred so 100 times a second. a second.
4: Yeah. And from there... We can calculate how much turbulence is happening at any given time. Because
1: of the water hitting it changes the temperature, yeah, probably. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah.
4: The, well, the ocean is stratified, so it's warmer at the surface, colder below, uh-huh. and whenever there's turbulence, you'll see disruptions. You'll see um, quick variations of the temperature.
1: So I here's a pop quiz, a question that yeah. I thought about, I've wondered for a while. I, oh, wait,
4: just one thing our time series is almost 20 years long from that morning wow. so that's how we're starting to be able to correlate it with things like el nino and climate change because we've just been measuring it for that so long. long yeah yeah
1: when a hurricane like hurricane lee yeah churns in the water yeah the water is colder behind it right yeah. yeah is that because the hurricane has sucked the heat out of the water or is it because the turbulence has run up water from down deep it's
4: Mostly the second. Mostly the right. second. Most so th- certainly hurricanes, they get all their energy from the warm sea surface temperatures, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but then they cause a lot of mixing, uh-huh. which definitely brings up colder water from below. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I
1: didn't mean to go that deep on this no, podcast. over no, with <laughs> my
4: colleagues and I recently, I was, my colleague Noel, he, um, he's the lead author of this paper, and we were doing a research cruise. Kind of near the Philippines, kind of near Palau back in 2018, and we had to get out of the way of like six different well, we call them typhoons right, right. in that part of the world. And he was able to look at data and see that not only does the mixing cause the sea surface to cool, but then heat. It, it allows heat to then go into the ocean because it's colder, and then there's things called internal waves which actually bring that heat deeper, where it can be stored and potentially transported for long periods of time. So it's um, kind of a new. We always we've known for a long time that hurricanes they leave a cold wake behind them, but then it, they also then inject heat deeper.
1: Fascinating. Because Holy they're man.
4: mixing that cold water up. So yeah, cold water yeah, 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 yeah. And it's going deeper than we
1: had thought. Is essentially yeah. well, I, I well, Sally, thank you so much for <laughs> yeah. taking the time. It's, it's a great conversation. I really yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Congratulations time. on your uh, your banner and getting all you guys here. Thanks, yeah, it's and I'm such a. So by the time we get done with that conversation, we were closing in on the. United Nations, which is where the closing rally was to be held. We got there. There were crowds of people um, milling about, listening to the speakers. One of the speakers was Representative Anastasio Ocasio Cortez, who's from the New York area, gave a rousing speech, uh, which we'll hear next. And here you go. Oh. After that, towards the end of the rally at the end of the march, uh, a group got up and sang a song, which I found out is from a climate change oriented musical that will be premiered sometime next year. Uh, The song is called Panic, and it kind of stuck in my head, so I thought I'd play a snippet for you and for your consideration. go. There's some audio feel for the Mars in Fossil Fuels September 17th 2023. I hope it gave you a sense of what it was all like, how much fun it was. The next time you see an opportunity to take climate action that you'll go out and join. There you go. We'll talk again next time. (music) Bye-bye.
3: Very cool. <laughs>